Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up with Cesar Gonzalez. Uh, he's a director at Selfish Royalty. Uh, did a deal recently with Metalla, which uh, gave them nine million bucks, freed them up, uh, allowing them to pay down their debt, uh, potentially allows them to do a number of things with their Galvana spinner opportunity. We talk also about some of the other projects that they've got and how they plan to tackle them. If you want our thoughts and opinions on their plans, the company, and indeed Cesar, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentaries from experts from around the world uh, talking about a number of companies and commodities, and including our royalty uh, roundup that we did. We've got training courses to help you with your diligence process. We've got summaries of all the interviews that we've done to save you some time because we know you're busy people. But more importantly, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, safe environment, free from judgment, trolling, and abuse. And I hope you find that uh, attractive because it is. And you perhaps should go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Cesar, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right, Matt. I'm excited to be having a, an update interview with you. Well, yeah, you've been a busy, busy boy, it seems. Uh, lots to talk about, so we better, we better get on and talk about that. But before we, well, first of all, let's do some pleasantries. We're, you know, we're, not, we're not savages here, so how's life in Kansas? Well, it snowed yesterday what? on April 20th. That's insane. Yeah, that is insane. A, a couple of, the kids enjoyed it, but it was, uh, you know, it's kind of odd. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely odd. Okay, one one to write in the in the diary. Okay, cool. That happened. Um, hey, well, look, I'm glad, glad all's well there. Uh, wanted to catch up with with you, obviously. But first, before we talk about everything you've been up to, give us that one minute overview of the business for people new to the story. I'll pick it up from there. Selfish Royalty Corp is a precious metals royalty and streaming company. We have six royalties, one stream, and a silver property. So um, not your typical royalty company. We actually have a property in here that we're working on spinning out. And, um, you know, we're running this company on behalf of shareholders. There's a, a controlling shareholder that owns over 50% of the stock. Management, if you include the in the money options, is about uh, 10% of the company. So um, some chunky shareholders. Uh, we also have Paul Stevens in there with over 5%. And... Um, we, we pride ourselves on, on running this company for the benefit of all shareholders. Okay. So I'm not going to get into the mechanics or the setup of the company. People, I'll refer people to the link below, which covers our conversation mid-February. I want to talk about some of the stuff you've been doing since we spoke and perhaps look forward in, uh, to some of the things that people can expect this year. Okay. First thing out of the gate, TZ, you sold down 0.75% of your NSR. Uh, there got nine million bucks for it. Why did you do it? That nine million we thought was a fair price for half of our royalty. So it's it's a three and a half percent, or it was two percent could be bought down by the operator, leaving us with a percent and a half. We sold half of that to uh, Metalla. It was um, quite uh, easy dealing with uh, Brett over at Metalla. Give him a lot of credit. He's um he's a machine at acquiring things and. I can see why. Uh, and uh, we did it because we still had some debt on the balance sheet that we wanted to, to clean up. So we're now debt free. We have a buyback 
which we've actually increased. We were buying back about 3 million shares through the end of July, or sorry, through July 6th. And now we have the ability to buy another 819,000. So we're active on our buyback. And that cash will be very useful for us to advance the Gavilanes Silver property. You know, um, I guess the best analogy is when you go to sell your house, if you need to paint and fix up the, the house, you usually get that back and more uh, when you go to sell it. So that cash is very useful for getting Gavilanes ready to be spun out. Okay, break, break that down for me. So how much was the debt now that you're debt free? How much did you pay off? The debt was just over 3.2 million okay. US. Cool. So th that's where some of that money, has, has that been paid down now completely? Oh yeah, we are debt free. Debt free, okay. The, uh, the NCIB, you've got an opportunity to uh, acquire how many, how much? From July of 20 to Ju July of 2021, we have the ability to repurchase about 3.8 million shares. Many of those have already been repurchased, canceled. Some are being held uh, by our broker to be canceled. Uh, the net is probably around, uh, you know, 800,000 or so. The net, if you do it, or have you if already done? We, if, no, if we fulfill it. So from, from now till July, we have about 800,000 shares that we can buy back. Right. Okay. And you're at 135 today. Um, what sort of price are you going to be looking for? Because you don't want to pay too much, do you? There was a window there where we were able to soak up a bunch of shares between a dollar and call it a dollar 15. We were very active. Um, we've been less so above a dollar fifteen, but we've bought shares up to a dollar a dollar thirty. You have bought shares. Okay. Is your expectation to um, for, well the whole eight? You said what eight hundred nineteen thousand? Did you say what was the number? Yeah, that was yeah. the increase. Do you expect to do you expect to wipe that out? It depends. You know, if the stock is trading at these levels and it's on its own, uh, doing that on its own without us being involved in the NCIB. We're going to let the stock, okay. you know. So you got the options. It's there. You'll try if it works. If it's at the right price, you'll do it. If it's not, you won't. Fair enough. Absolutely. We want our money to go, you know, as far as it can. So. Yeah. Okay. So um, the other thing you mentioned there was the spin out of Galvanus uh, Silver. How's that going? Is that moving forward? Is it going to happen on time? Well, uh, it's moving forward. We're working on an updated forty three one zero one. There's a historical. 43101. And uh, in order to spin this asset out properly, you know, the analogy going back to fixing up the house, we have to redo the estimate. Um, what the preliminary numbers are looking quite good. Um, the grade of the deposit has, has gone up uh, dramatically. And that's because we're working with MDA out of Reno, Nevada, and Resource Geosciences out of Arizona and, and, and Sonora, Mexico. And they are modeling this deposit. Um, with very strict, uh, you know, um, how should I put it, uh, limits on the, the veins. We're focusing on what can actually be mined as opposed to what is uh, present in mineralization that, that might be make for a good science project, but not for a you know, good economic analysis. So we're tightening things up. Uh, we expect the grade on a silver equivalent basis to be over 250 grams per ton, you know, silver equivalent. Right, okay. So what, what can people look forward to? Again, remind me why you're doing that. What, why does that make sense to spin it out? Well, I don't think we're getting any value for it in our company. You know, I think the royalties are trading at a discount. So a silver property is you know, trading negative. And uh, it makes sense because 
investors want to buy into a royalty company for the royalties, not necessarily for a property. Um, people have tried the hybrid model. They never get a full valuation. We understand that. We didn't put Gavilanos in there to create a whole separate business. We did it opportunistically. The asset was available for us to take. We took it at a very low price. And, um, and now it's time for it to, to be out on its own and get properly valued with Sailfish shareholders retaining an equity interest. And uh, I, I looked at silver this morning. Um, it's doing quite well. It's outperforming gold by, by quite a bit. So, and, and, and also, uh, Matt, you're interviewing companies every day. I'm sure the ratio of gold to silver companies is probably three or four to one. There aren't very many silver guys out there. And we want to take advantage of that by creating a new silver company. It's not many good ones, that's for sure. Um, so the TZZ <laughs> deal, um, that it makes sense for you because it's it's freed up. Obviously, the debt the debt is is can be crushing. It's it's always there. It's always looming above you, and you got to find a way, work out ways to pay that down. But you've got optionality on the on the NCIB and the spinner. You're working towards that because it probably makes sense. I would agree with that actually. Um, so TZ deal with Metalla. Good for you. Good for Metalla. I'm sure you're going to tell me both sides got a got a great deal. Yeah, I you know it made sense at the time for both sides. Now we didn't sell 100% of it for a reason. You know, TZ is being advanced. Eldorado has said they want to sell the asset, and the last thing I want to do is jettison the whole thing before it gets sold to a company that then announces they're going to put it in production in two years. And I'll have egg on my face. So selling half made sense. It allowed us to do everything we needed to do. And, um, and we still have, you know, the other half. Okay. This is the bit I want to get to. Okay. So thanks for dealing with that. That kind of cleared up a lot of questions for me. Here's the bit I want to get to. Okay. San Albino, they are, well, they're get, coming into production. They're going to be generating uh, cash. That's great news for you. So have you got, what can you tell us about timing on that? When can you expect to start seeing some benefit from that? So, so you've interviewed my partner, Akiba, who's uh -huh. the CEO twice. of yeah, yeah, and, and he's down in Nicaragua this this week. Um, he's been posting on his Twitter feed, so uh, providing you know a lot of transparency on what's going on. Um, we are in the process of ship sending out our first shipment. When I say we, I mean Mako. You know, I'm also involved with Mako, but uh, the first shipment is is being prepared to be sent out. And um, you know, we have a trading account at RBC where I have to give a couple of days notice before that shipment leaves. So I'm patiently waiting for Sailfish's behalf to be able to tell them you've got gold going um, to uh, Salt Lake City to be refined, where we will then receive our gold credit. So it's coming, but it uh, it's taken a little longer. The mining has been lights out. Uh, Mako put out a press release on Monday where they gave a summary of the first four benches that contain the San Albino vein with average grades of about 17 and a half grams per ton. For an open pit, there's really nothing else like it. Now, there's been some criticism that you know the strip ratio is high, but if you take out a calculator and do some math, it's a you know a 17 and a half gram per ton open pit deposit where you're moving you know ore and waste for about uh, anywhere from 250 to three dollars a ton. You can carry a very he uh, high strip ratio. I, I've visited mines in Australia where they are mining you know one gram per ton material. And they've got double digit strip ratios, you know, 10 grand or sorry, 10 to one. And we're, you know, in the teens with 17 and a half gram per ton material. So I, I don't worry too much about the strip ratio, but.
but um, that's where we are. Mining's been going great. The plant has been, um, you know, a little slower than, than, than what Mako would like, but the gold's coming. The gold's coming. And we, when will, can we get a, a sense of what, how you're going to benefit, how your shareholders, Selfish, Royalty, Corp, shareholders are going to benefit? Have you got line of sight? Yeah, so a reminder for our shareholders, we have a 3% uh, NSR, essentially. It's, a, it's structured as a stream, but it's, it's equivalent to a 3% NSR with, with no tax. You know, it, that's the way it was structured. So we get 3% of everything coming out of there um, because- there so has, that, That's the been, bit that's being mined at the moment. You've also got a 2% NSR on some other properties, right? Is that the way it works? On the surrounding area. So the 3% is on about three and a half square kilometers. The 2%, which is a traditional NSR, it's not structured as a stream. So there's withholding tax there, but that is on 134 and a half square kilometers that surround San Albino. So it's two, two uh, levels of exposure. And on the 3%, the, the, the stream, um, you know, once those gold shipments start going out, we're getting the gold credit, we're, we're booking revenue. And um, my expectation from talking to Akiba and you know, from being involved with Mako is that there's a large stockpile that's now accumulated, about 12,000 ounces that, um, you know, because Mako has debt, because Mako wants to, you know, convert a lot of that inventory into um, cash, they're going to be, you know, ramping up the, the mill and the processing plant as soon as they can, as soon as everything's ready to go, to start converting the, those ounces to cash. What's that mean? Soon as. Well, um, you know, if you've got 12,000 ounces here, you know, the recoveries will, let's just assume 90% to, to be safe. Um, that's 10,800 uh, times, pick your gold price, let's say 1,700. Uh, that's 18.4 million bucks, roughly times 0.03. You're looking at, um, you know, about $551,000. Right. But, but just from that, just from from that, that that's, that's great. It, it, it's not, it's not a whole lot, but it's a good start. It shows route to market, I guess, as, as I would say. Um, but when, when you say as soon as, what does that, what does that mean? What's the timing? Where's the cash well, coming? So the processing capacity is, um, is Mako has permits to do up to a thousand tons per day, but the plant can't handle that. Not yet without being upgraded. So, um, but, but that, that can happen for single digit millions of dollars. So, so we, it was built to be expanded to a thousand tons per day. They have the permits to do a thousand tons per day, but even with what's available now, um, they can mine or they can mill anywhere from 500 to 700 tons per day. Um, you know, depending on the availability of, of ore material or, or um, you know, mineralized material. So um, we'll see. I think that stockpile can actually be converted to cash rather quickly. And then in the background, they're still mining and adding to it. So it's not like that's the only uh, source of, of, of mineralization to mill. There's, it's coming from, from the actual mine and from the stockpile at the same time. Right. I, well, yeah, adding, adding to piles of ore, lovely. You want it converting into gold and getting the, those gold credits, right? So that's what I'm trying to get a sense of. I get they've started a process and they're ramping up slowly and, and all that's fine because you've got to get it right. But I'm just trying to say for your shareholders, what's that cash flow forecast look like over the next, let's say, two years? I mean, is that, is that something you kind of worked out? Absolutely. So the grades that are being mined at you know, 500 tons per day, 
um, at today's gold prices, we're expecting cash flow from San Albino of you know about a, a couple million dollars a year on that three percent stream. And there's a lot of upside to that if you know they want to push the envelope on a million more than 500 tons per day if the grades are higher or if the gold price goes up. But you know the base case is uh, on a full year, not this year because you know there's they still haven't sent their first shipment out, so we can't um, you know go back in time and, and, and produce for the months that have already been ticked off. But um, you know for for example, starting 2021 January to to the end December 2020 or 2022, you know that's the expectation: a couple million dollars of cash flow to us revenue. Once they're up and running at capacity at a steady state, steady yeah. state. Okay. Okay. Next year. Next year. Okay, cool. Um, Spring Valley. Yeah. People, 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 people want to know what's going on there. Okay. So you, um, well, well, tell us what's going on with Waterton. Absolutely. So that's, that's an exciting piece of news for the company. And we weren't involved with, with the news. Um, so Cisco Royalties, which is the fourth largest uh, precious metals royalty company by market cap. They're, they're over 2 billion market cap U.S., they made an acquisition a couple of weeks back where they acquired a two and a half percent NSR on Spring Valley. They already owned a half a percent NSR. So it brings the total NSR to 3%, which is identical to what we have. They paid uh, roughly $26 million for that two and a half percent. There were other assets that came along with it, including uh, a royalty on the Moonlight property where we have a 2% NSR. So we know, and um, um, you know, an offtake on um, on the Almaden project, which we sold um, after we acquired Terraco. So we know the, the other assets that, that went along with it. I'm giving most of the value for what they acquired to that 2.5% Spring Valley NSR. So if you adjust that, what they paid for uh, the whole 3%, it's around $31.2 million, which is um, a, a, little, a little bit of an uptick from what we paid for Terraco. Uh, when we acquired the company in the summer of 2019. So um, what this what it boils down to is I'm not excited about the price they paid. You know, I think they got a great deal. You know, gold was was uh, lower in 2019 when we made the acquisition of our 3%. They got a great price. What I'm excited about is now there is a look through on, you know, uh, analysis on Spring Valley. The Cisco Royalties is covered by 15 analysts. Sailfish is only is covered by no analyst. We have zero research coverage. And now one of our main assets, our 3% on Spring Valley, will have analysis by 15 of the you know, uh, largest brokerage firms in, in Canada and the US that cover Cisco royalties, that cover our space. So I'm very excited to see how they model this, what they, what they are marking it at, because we will be uh, relaying that to our shareholders, you know, in our corporate presentation, create a matrix and show people what analysts are saying about this royalty. And, and this is so important, Matt, because I've given so many talks on Spring Valley, a 5 million ounce deposit, Persian County, Nevada, one of the largest undeveloped gold mines in Nevada. And people come back and say, if it's so great, why haven't I heard of it? Well, it's inside of a private equity firm that puts out no press releases. But now there's a 3% NSR inside of a uh, you know, public company that's very well covered by the street where we will be able to have a pass-through on some analysis. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I mean, that's great for you because it gives you, gives, gives you eyeballs on your, on your project for, for sure. Just say, let me just understand how it works. So Cisco picked up a 10.5% NSR 
on Spring Valley on a different set of property to you? I mean, in terms of the land packages that you've got, NSRs, you're not like coexisting with uh, Cisco, are you? It's on, on the same claims. So right. I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up, Matt, because um, we have gotten some feedback as well that um, you know between their 3% and our 3% on the same claims, the total royalty is 6%. Waterton also has a 1%. So the total royalty is actually seven, but one is held within the operator. So it's six outside of the, uh, the operator. There is a, a mine in Nevada called Marigold. It's, all, it's owned by SSR Mining. It's a very cash flow generative mine for SSR. And on a life of mine, they calculated their royalty to be 7.9%. It ranges from anywhere from 2.125% to 10%. You can go in their AIF, you can look at all their information, they're a publicly traded company. So they have a very cash flow generative mine that's actually mining, I think at a 0.3 gram per ton grade. So it's a low grade, but huge um, economies of scale. They have 400 ton haul trucks, you know, you name it. They, they're doing everything they can to make that mine profitable. And at these gold prices, it's very profitable with the burden of a 7.9% NSR, life of mine average, it could be higher. You know, there could be certain months where they're on concessions that are 10%. So um, a 6% NSR on a good project is not a killer. Um, you know, it, it comes close it though. Better. It comes close though. For instance, if I think back to last year, a situation between Mavericks Metals and Corora Resources, um, Mavericks had a NSR on one of the projects in um, Australia, 7.25. Um, you've got Corora thinking, why on earth would I mine that? I'm probably not even gonna make money on this basis. I'd be paying someone else for the pleasure of mining something which I'm not making money. It just didn't make sense. So, you know, there, there started a conversation which was nine months of negotiation. You know, and I'm not sure if that's, you know, normal. Um, but you know the, the, the basic premise of um, large NSRs, like six percent, is not nothing, and it's the difference between a company saying I will mine it or I won't mine it. Yeah. Right. So you know here, obviously, that you know Waterstone's got one percent of that, but another five percent um, on top of this project, it may not make it economic. Well, you know, our approach to running this company, Matt, is we're, we're commercial guys. If there is a, if, if Waterton came to us and said, hey, we want to buy half of that royalty back to make the project better because we're the owners of the project, we're trying to sell it, take it public, do whatever we're trying to do, we'd say, well, let's, let's talk. You know, if, um, if the new owner, you know, after the, a sale comes to us and, and with the same proposal, we will discuss that. You know, there's a, there are a lot of things we can do um, to, to realize value for our, for our shareholders. So, I'm not too worried about that, but there is a case study where a mine in Nevada, relatively low grade, but you know, very cash flow generative, is carrying on the life of my basis a 7.9% NSR. It makes things harder, but you got to work harder to work work your way around it. Okay, I, I'm I'm fine yeah, with that. And, 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 Matt, and Matt, you know, if if you're a chess player, it's a, it's a great chess piece to have because you know I doubt that. Five billion ounce pre-feasibility level uh, project in Nevada is going to not be developed because there's um, you know some royalty guys that don't want to deal. I'm, I'm saying right now we will deal. 
How much did you pay for it? At the right price. So uh, the the acquisition of Terraco was twenty two million, uh, which was paid in shares, and then we assumed um, twelve million of debt that was due to Waterton. Um, you know, we we were paid that debt with a with a new piece of debt. So if you add that up, but then you have to subtract the cash that was on the balance sheet of Terraco, which was about three million, and then uh, we sold the Almaden project for about a million. So you start at 34, you subtract four, you're right at 30. Okay. So anything above yeah. that looks good. If, 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 the, if uh, you know, if it uh, gets tough out there, but at least you know, you know what you're aiming for. Um, I say, I think that's just down to negotiation discussion. Um, what was I going to Oh, yeah. One more thing. Now, now you're seen to be cash flowing. When do you start? cash flowing out to shareholders with dividends? Great question. So that is something we are working on. Um, you know, we're talking to our transfer agent who will facilitate that. And, uh, you know, we have been good about buying back stock, which is a form of returning cash to shareholders. But you're absolutely right that, um, you know, people like getting those dividend checks. As a shareholder, I like getting those dividend checks. And so that's something that once we have visibility on the normalized cash flow from San Albino, which will be later this year, we're going to uh, initiate a program. Okay, cool. And then one last one. It's like when we spoke last time, I saw a joke in tongue in cheek said, it doesn't look like you want to be a royalty company. And then he said to me, well, actually, the smart thing to do for us and probably the smart thing for the industry is a consolidation play. There's a lot of companies out there. We've interviewed quite a few recently. You think there should be a roll-up? Someone's got to step up and do that. That would be the smart thing for your shareholders and you. Is that, is that still the case? Yes. And we're talking to, you know, as many people as you're interviewing, Matt, you know, we're, 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 we're talking to them too. And, um, you know, it's encouraging. I think people are finally realizing that, um, you know, in order to be a, an attractive public vehicle, uh, having scale uh, helps. But you have to do it in the right way. And, and we talked a little bit about this before we started the interview, is that if every royalty company competed at the asset level, you've got about 20 guys going toe to toe from guys that are sub hundred million to guys that are, you know, in the tens of billions uh, with Franco and Wheaton, those guys. And they're all competing with their dollars and their shares to go after assets. But if you, if you get scale at the corporate level, by doing mergers or, or other forms of M&A, you know, there, there's actually, that's actually a much more creative way of doing things because, you know, you, you kind of lock up just two parties, potentially three parties, but, you know, one, one side and the other side to negotiate a deal as opposed to going in with 20 other people on an asset, right? So um, I'm hopeful that, that something like that can take place. Uh, but if it doesn't, you know, we're getting, cash flow is coming through the door, our stock's performing well. We're buying back shares. We're going to be paying a dividend. Our assets are being de-risked. You know, um, the acquisition of Spring Valley by a, a Cisco is a nice um, mark. It's a nice um, look through uh, when their analysts start covering it. So it's, it's all incremental. And at some point, TZ will be sold by Eldorado to someone who wants to build a mine. At some point, Waterton will sell Spring Valley to someone who wants to build a mine or spin it out and, and whichever way to advance that asset. It's too valuable of an asset to just have sitting, you know, waiting for gold to go to 5,000 or whatever. It's, it, it needs to be advanced. Brilliant. Look, so thanks for the update. Like I said, I don't want to go over old ground, a rehash conversation we had just a couple of months ago. 
people can go to the link below. Please look at that. It's a great conversation. These are laid out, their, their plans, very clear about it. Um, nice update, a lot of moving parts, bit of movement. Are you, get, are you a bit more excited about working in a royalty company now or you, st you still want to be off somewhere else? Well, because I've worked within a mining company, working in a royalty company is uh, far superior. I'm just waiting for gold to, you know, and silver to start doing their thing. And um, I think this summer will be pretty exciting for the precious metals prices and a lot of attention will come back in, you know, so, um, so yes, I'm excited. Good. Okay. So Zach, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Okay. See you soon. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com. And of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.